welcome to the Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The heart behind Kindled is to help moms use their gifts for God's glory and their good. We'll chat with real women who are learning how to do this very thing as they navigate motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. This heart-to-heart is always had over a cup of coffee and usually paired with a business pep talk. We hope you'll find practical advice and the encouragement you need to work well and live more. Hello and welcome to week two of Real Mom March at Kindled. Today we're talking a lot about moms who work outside the home and the woman chatting with us today about that is my guest, Emily Freeman. Emily works full-time as a middle school vocal music teacher of 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. She also serves in the volunteer role of teaching leader at a chapter of Bible Study Fellowship, what we mention in the show as BSF, here in Kansas. And Emily has worked all of her motherhood years. She worked full-time before kids, transitioned to part-time when her children were young, and started working again when they went to school. And she now serves as the teaching leader for a chapter of BSF here in Kansas. I think listening to Emily's story will offer you perspective and grace today, wherever you find yourself in your work and motherhood journey. Another thing I want to mention is Bible Study Fellowship. We talk about it a lot on this episode because Emily is a teaching leader. So she speaks to a class of women each week on a specific passage of the Bible that everybody is studying. Now, everyone in the whole world who's in BSF is actually studying the same chapter of the Bible um, at the same time. So everyone right now is in Romans 12. And BSF is basically an in-depth, interdenominational Bible study that helps people know God and His Word through in-depth study. So each week, more than 2,000 classes and groups meet across more than 40 countries, all learning and growing through the Bible. If you would like to study the Bible in depth, but don't really know where to begin, I would strongly encourage you to check this out. You can learn more at bsfinternational.org. This is not an advertisement. I just really have personally benefited a lot from studying the Bible in that context and learning and growing with other women. My two girls who are 21 months and three and a half go with me and are learning the same lessons I'm learning. Yes, you heard me right. They have a children's program. It's not just childcare. The children are actually learning the Bible as well along with you at an age-appropriate level um, for wherever they're at, and you get a morning without your kids to actually study God's Word and learn and talk with other women, and it's really a rich time. It's honestly just been a really life-changing piece for me and in my understanding and love for the Scriptures. It doesn't replace involvement in a local church and having a local community. I'm also involved in a local church and a small group. And so I don't think that it replaces any of that, but it's a really awesome way to just learn a lot about the scriptures. So first of all, I just wanted to to mention that and encourage you to be in communion with other believers in the context of the local church, but also to study the word of God. And if you need help, then BSF is a great option. We go on Wednesday mornings, my girls and I do, and then my husband goes Monday nights to a men's class and it's awesome. So there's my plug. Okay. Now on to my conversation with Emily. Thank you so much for joining us today, Emily. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Yeah, of course. So I don't have never met you in person, but we met through our mutual friend, Christy, and you know yeah. her through BSF. Is that how you guys I met? I do. I've known her a very long time, at least 
at least seven years, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Talk to me about what you do now with your your BSF. You're the teaching speaker, teaching leader. Teaching yeah. Leader. So, um, I have been I have been a part of Bible Study Fellowship for 21 years. This is my 21st year now. I started um, attending the class. My mom is a lifer. She's been in I don't even know 30, 35 years. Um. And so I started attending that first year of college. I was, or I mean, excuse me, first year of teaching, newly married. And I just attended the class um, for a couple of years. And, and I've been a group leader, I think, 11 of those years. Um, I went to a night class before I had kids. And then when I had kids, I switched to the day class and was able to do that while I was part-time working. Um, took Took my kids. That was, again, part of our rhythm was to take them um, with me, I just felt like um, the study of the Bible was so important, and it was just we because I've chosen my husband and I have chosen to send our kids to public school. We just said school's for your head, BSF is for your heart and your mind and your soul, and um, and so that's that's kind of where we we viewed on that. So they they have been a part of that with me since they were two. Yeah. they could start um, and, and all the way up through middle school and high school. So it's just it's part of what yeah. we do. Um, I, anyway, so I just started yeah. with my daughters actually this fall was our first year. Sweet. And I love it. so we go out to Countryside Baptist because it's a little bit, Yay. well, the timing of it mostly worked for us, but um, I have really loved having, having them in there. And I got to volunteer a couple times this year in the children's program. And it's just so great. Like what they do in there with them is awesome. It's amazing. So, yeah. and I just thought, you know, when I finished the preschool, okay, I'm done. We've, we've gotten through the preschool years. Mm-hmm. And then God was saying, no, you're not finished. Um, switch back to the night class, take them. You know, Isaac, my son went with my dad. He went with my sister one year to night class. And he goes with my dad to the men's class and, and my daughter goes with me, but we're all studying the same thing. Yeah. And, um, so and cool. a year ago, it, it is, it has been a, a tremendous blessing for us. So, um, most of our entire family does it and it's something we can all share together. Um, so yeah, a year ago I got the call. It's not something you, you volunteer to do. <laughs> um, it's certainly never, never something I thought I would be doing. Um, but got the call to, to be the teaching leader of, of this Overland Park class. Mm-hmm. And, um, I work with about 50, uh, leaders, volunteer leaders that are absolutely astounding. They're, they're amazing in the way that they shepherd their groups and, and the kids in the school program. And I'm just, I'm blown away at their faithfulness every day. So it is, um, I expected God to come around me in this work and equip me where he called me. And, and, but what I didn't expect was just the absolute sheer joy um, mm. that he's given me in this work, despite the exhaustion, despite the struggle, despite, you know, people yeah. attacking me for one thing or another, who knows, but right. you know, it doesn't matter. It just, it has, there's been a lot of joy in it. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, closing in about up two thirds through my first year. So cool. yeah, part of your story is that you've kind of been through all the different types of seasons and setups in your life where you said you've worked full time, worked part time, not worked. And so I think that is really interesting because, um, yeah. you know, a lot of the women so far that I've kind of talked to have only ever either kind of done one or the other. And so a lot of it's just 
following God's will throughout each season, you know, whether, whatever that is, um, you know, as our, as your kids grow, you'll learn that every single year you kind of have to make that decision for them. Like, okay, what's the best school environment or, or, you know, just as, as a year by year process. And I always viewed like my role, work, whatever in that same vein, every single thing, whether it was teaching, um, volunteer ministry at church, it was all year to year basis. Okay. Let's reevaluate as a family. Is this working? Is this not working? Um, do I need to step back from something? Do I have the capability to step into something like, and I think it's the same thing, you know, again, it, it, because I, because I'm always in the teacher mode. And, and so my whole life is kind of that cyclical school year, like thing, forever. Um, I guess I just kind of look at it like that. Let's look at this for a season. This is only one year. I, every decision that I make, it's only for one year. Let's reevaluate and um, see if this is working for us as a family. So I guess that's kind of for me, um, just following his will on a continual basis and not sort of making, you know, any decision you make as a mom or a parent or a teacher or whatever it is, is for a season. And, and I just look at it you know, like that. So what was, um, I think you kind of talked about, you know, what the season was like for you with your young kids in the house. And, and you mentioned how, you know, you had to take a step back and, and in that time, you know, discern what, what was best year by year. Um, yeah. The fact that we have the freedom as women and believers in Christ to, adjust course. I mean, I don't know. I still find that a hard thing to do as a young mom. I still feel Absolutely. some sense of, you know, if I commit to something, it needs to be forever. And I, I don't know. I know that, that's something that's hard for me well, to, to live in. So ironically, like, um, my name, the name Emily means diligent one. And that was something my mom always spoke into that. She loved the meaning of names. And it, I think it was something I took to heart <laughs> at a young age. And it's something that's really hard for me when I commit something, you know, I go all in and I, I love to do it forever. I mean, like I said, I've been doing BSF for 21 years. So for that, you know, I, I stick with things, but, but there, it was something God had to teach me but, that like, listen, it's okay to be all in for a season or to say this works for my family or my kids or me right now, but it might not. And, you know, so there's some things that he's called me to long-term. He, he called me to dig into our school community and said, listen, you're going to have to, to do a lot in the PTA, you know, um, this, we went to a school where there was a very high percentage, about 87%, uh, free and reduced, uh, lunch students at the school that my kids went to elementary school. So there was just a lot of, um, upheaval, amazing, wonderful families, but they were, you know, I, people say, why do you do all that? And I said, well, cause I have one job and, only two kids and we have a two car garage and, you know, and, uh, we can put food on the table every night. And these families are working three jobs and they got seven people in a two bedroom mm-hmm. apartment. And, you know, the, the perspective was just because God, cause I can, and God's given me that, um, um, with, so, you know, he said, do this for the whole time. That was a nine year thing for us. And, but sometimes it's look, dig in, uh, commit, serve here and, and be able to walk away with great freedom at the end of that year, six months, whatever it was. And I I think that's right. I think we have to, as moms, especially like the guilt, you're never going to escape mom guilt. You're never Mm -hmm. like, if you're, if you're work, if you're staying at home with your kids, 
you feel guilty because you don't want to be with them all the time. Right. You do not so want to be with your kids all the time. If you're at work, of course you're feeling guilty because you can't be at home. If you are part-time working, you're always guilty because something is not being done 100%. Right. And and so I realized in all those different seasons and all those different – that I, like I had to – I had to be okay with that. And I just say, God, if you're calling me to this, then I got to rest in that call. Mm -hmm. And then I got to assume that you're going to quit me. And I got to assume that I'm in this season doing what I need to do until I'm not, until you close that door and say, no, move on. Mm -hmm. And because I felt like I was a committer, I was a diligent one. I was that, that was more difficult for me to deal with. But I believe that's why he kept moving me out of different schools. I've been in five different schools and that's for me, seems crazy you know I mean mm-hmm. it's 21 years I mean I guess if you count you know piano lessons as a, a sixth entity mm-hmm. and and the preschool I was like that's seven different places that I've taught music UMKC eight <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of different places a lot of change but it's okay he kept teaching me it's okay yeah and just see what I've got for you in this season of life and and continue to to trust me yeah, and that, like, and that change doesn't mean you were on the wrong path before, you know. No, like, or you that, failed, or you, right. yes, exactly. It's just, you know, th- this is what's working now. And, and that, that's what, it, it, it created in me a flexibility that I didn't know I was capable of, that I didn't know um, existed within me, and that was a really important lesson. Because you have to be so dependent on God uh, to, to try something, to step out, to do it, Um and I think that was clearly what he was is yeah. continuing to teach. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think you're hitting on something that for me has definitely been a struggle in my in my life with work um, is not making, you know, either work or my children an idol because uh, when a good thing becomes an ultimate thing, it that is that's what makes it an idol. It takes this place in your heart that is like everything I do is for you. I live for you. I die for you. Yeah. If any plates drop, you know, I'm failing you. And it's just so, it can really mess with your head and it can obviously really distance you from the truth of the gospel that you don't have to go and, and do that because Jesus has already died and you, you can live in freedom that you can pursue work when God does call you and, and, or ask you or, or when it's necessary financially for your family to pay their right. bill. I mean, cause a right. lot of moms, I think find themselves in that spot where it maybe doesn't feel like a choice, um, or feel yeah. like their first choice. And, um, it can be really hard, yeah. I think not to just, yeah, put all that, that weight of guilt and then not be able to move and, and shift with the seasons like you're talking about. Yeah, and a lot of that just, you know, when Christ is not on the throne, just just exactly what you're saying, um, you know, just being careful that either work, your kids, um, family in general, their activities, whatever it might be, um, that you knock that off the throne and, and allow Christ his, his um, rightful place, because that that is so easy to do. And in, in, in whatever season, it's just easy to turn around and be like, you know, in those preschool years or whatever, just the exhaustion of it um, is so overwhelming. And and you realize, oh my goodness, I haven't spent time with God today. I haven't um, talked to my husband today. I haven't, you know, all I've done is kid stuff. And Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Wonderful. But there's just a a balance, a rhythm that can really be off um, when, when anything other than 
found the charm. What would you counsel a young mom who, or, or even a mom with um, older kids who feels that conviction that clearly some of the feelings that she's having are occurring because something else is on the throne, whether it's her kids or her job or her work or what she wishes was her work. I mean, what are some of the practical ways that you've found in your own life to kind of dethrone those little idols that we like to set up? Yeah, for sure. I mean, certainly just spending time in the word of God for me, there's, there's nothing else that will substitute that. And, you know, I am not a morning devotion person and I am the first I know it is not the gold standard to do your devotional time or your time in the word of God later in the day. But I'll tell you my best, like giving him my first and best offering was nap time. And that for me was like, I have in our office, which is our guest room, I would shut the door. It was the only room that you couldn't hear the baby monitors. Mm -hmm. You couldn't hear a kid crying through the walls for whatever reason. So I'd go, I'd put the kids down for nap. As soon as I got everybody down, I wouldn't do the laundry. I wouldn't do the show. I would walk in that room and shut the door. Mm-hmm. And just breathe, you know, because you've got to have a second where there's no crying in your ears. Right, and right. <laughs> and I, I would just spend that. And whether it was two minutes or 15 minutes or 30 minutes on an amazing, miraculous day, that put everything into focus. And yeah. I wake up and I pray. And prayer in the morning for me is impeccable. I'm a, I'm, I push snooze. I, I'm just a, a three-time snoozer, and that's yeah. a terrible flaw personality plus. But God kind of said at one point, he's like, for heaven's sakes, if you are not going to get up when your alarm goes off, then the least you can do is pray during that time. So I was like, all right, I can do that. So I push snooze and I lay in bed and I shut and I pray and he really keeps me awake. And I love that time. It's become really sweet to me. So that's when I I just run through, through everything, my my family, my, so, so a a prayer time in whatever that looks like, whether Mm -hmm. it's when you're walking outside, whether it's in the shower. I did a lot of praying in the shower. (laughs) Um, I did. And finding that time, there was a number of years, like when you're in those elementary school years and you are in the car ad nauseum, like there's just nothing. So with each season of life, finding, carving out that time, I would leave my Bible study bag in the car. And when I was waiting 30 minutes here or in the car line or at dance class or at baseball practice, and I had 30 minutes, I would do my Bible study. And it was the most freeing for me. Yeah. Certainly keeping your connections with godly women, both older and younger. I mean, friendships in all stages of life, like um, the mentor and the, the friend that's got your exact same life situation that you can just commiserate with. You know, those have been vital for me. And I've, I've been blessed with friends at every stage um, that could really pour into me as a Christian mom and a follower of Christ. So that. um I think those are the things yeah. that for me were just knock, mm-hmm. knock down, drag out essentials. And BSF for me, like I'll tell you, the heart, it, it, it's been a non-negotiable for me since, since I started, since mm-hmm. day one. And my husband knows that. And when I stayed home, when we'd had my daughter and we stayed home, and at that time, you could not bring your babies. Now you can bring your babies to BSF, which is oh, a beautiful wow. thing. Mm-hmm. But at the time, they had to be two to start. They did not have the under two program. So... For two years, we had to pay for a sitter because my mom went to BSF. My mother-in-law had another commitment on Wednesday morning. And so I, there was no one to watch her. And I had to pay for a sitter for, those, for, for two years for Wednesday morning for me and my son to be at BSF. 
And it was such a financial struggle. And every, you know, we, it was really a big deal because I was staying home. We were pinching pennies. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, piano teachers do not make that much. So yeah. that was a, a lovely bit of spending money, but it certainly didn't sustain anything in our house. But it was, it was a sacrifice. Um, for my husband to continue to do that for me. But I just said, this is a lifeblood for me. Yeah. So continuing those things that absolutely feed you and, and, and nourish your, your soul and your growth to God. Th- mm-hmm. Those things have been for me, um, lifesavers in, in every different stage of life in different ways. They look different. Yeah. But. Yeah. And I like what you said earlier about, um, giving him your first, you know, your first fruits, your best, the best Whatever of you, right. Like, it, it's different yeah. for everybody. And, and I think I identify a lot with, um, you know, I mean, I love to, I love getting up early and whatever, but I also love staying up late, which is my problem. So if I do that, you then me I'm, too. I'm me not too. gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna wake up. And so, um, right. but I actually did the very thing that you were talking about today. And after nap time came in my office, sat down, prayed, Maybe I cried a little because it was just one of those mornings yeah. and it's just like, wow, I need, you know, and, and I think that my difficulty because I work from home and, and work is always present and always nagging and my laptop is always there. Right. I am right. very protective and kind of demanding of that, that nap time for myself. And I yeah, felt like exactly. today, you know, when I actually was like, I just seriously need to pray for a while because I feel like I'm carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders and I don't know yeah. why. And when I did that, like it, I mean, nothing about my circumstances changed, but my entire right. outlook and perspective of myself and my life and, you know, what was weighing me down really did shift. And and I know that's the Holy Spirit. And that's just the blessing that God gives you when you are obedient to that call. hundred percent. And that, that is so, I just think it's so important that joy and contentment that he would give me in my work because I was faithful, like, oh my goodness, like that, even in the, in, in the tiny little things, we're not talking about anything monumental, especially in those years, right. but certainly just saying, this is yours. And then miraculously, as you know, the laundry still gets done, but it should yep. still get done, just somehow gets on the table and maybe, you know, and those are things I can't explain in the economy of, of God, but we don't need to, that's just right. obedient. Right. And, it's, and it's awesome. But yeah, I, I, when I realized that, you know, how much different my outlook on life, my perspective was when I would do that, I said, okay, that was a game changer for me. Yeah. So what do you think that moms today are missing or what advice would you give to them? I just think that sometimes they don't see that their contribution is enough. The God's enough to take what you can do, what you need to do, what he's called you to do, and to fill in the gap. Mm-hmm. That if you are staying at home, that he's going to give you like contentment in that work, and that he's going to give you fulfillment in unique ways mm-hmm. within that work. Whether it's, you know, God had to come around me and say, listen, you can make an impact doing the laundry here. You can make an impact in the grocery store as you speak to the women that work there in the day, or as you encourage people with young kids who seem harried and, and frazzled. You can encourage the people around you as, you know, you, you walk alongside them in, in, in exercise or whatever it was. I mean, like he just, he gave me really clear ways that in, in all of these different stages in working part-time that, that I could speak life into people who were 
working and were exhausted and, and felt like they just couldn't do it. I, you know, if, if God has called you either to that work or to that season, if he's just called you to that season and, and it's a struggle and you don't have a lot of joy in the work because it want to be home or what, whatever it might be, whatever the struggle is for you, knowing that he is enough to fill in those gaps mm-hmm. and that he's enough to, to give you everything you need, like the strength and the perseverance and the endurance that will go through that. When I got called to this teaching leader job, because I got, I began to get just a smidge comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. With my, with the work-life balance. My kids were getting older. Um, work was kind of falling into place. I have a very busy job, day job. Mm-hmm. And, but it was, you know, I was a group leader and I'd done that a lot of years. I, that was my 11th year last year to do that. But he said, look, you're, you're kind of getting to a point where you're not depending on me. So guess what? I'm going to call you to something else. It's going to be a little bit bigger and it's going to be beyond the scope of anything that you think is possible. And most other people, because they look at me and they say, the teaching leader is a job that most people do as stay at home moms. Maybe they work part-time, maybe they work from home, but it's certainly not a job that a lot of people do other than the men, the men all do it working full-time. But as a a woman, not very many women do this working full-time. And a lot of people said I was crazy and they assumed I was going to quit teaching. And I said, you know what? I feel like God is calling me to this work as a full-time working mom of two teenagers because he's got something to say through me in encouragement. So I feel like that, if you want to call it a platform or that opportunity to speak life just straight from God's word, you know, you know, yeah. uh, you know what BS says as far as this, it's just, it is just teaching the word of God, but an opportunity to say, look, I can do this because God's called me to this. You can be where you're at because God's called you to that, whether it's just being a mom of two preschoolers, because there's no just in that. I want, I want women to take that. I just do this. Yeah. I just, well, I just, I want stop saying that mm-hmm. <laughs> because in God's economy, there's, it's so important to raise your children in a cuddly home. It's so important to homeschool them. It's so important to teach outside the home or to work outside. I mean, all of those things mm-hmm. matter to God because we matter to God. So I just, I want them to see value in, in their place. That actually gave me goosebumps when you were saying that like you can do this because God has called you to it. Because I think that very thought crossed my mind as I started about thinking about even launching a podcast and it was never in my, never in my plans. I mean, I'm, you know, similar to you kind of just, I feel like I'm, you know, at capacity with two little kids, three and under, and then I have two job, two businesses that I own and work from home. And the last thing I needed to do in my mind was to add one more thing because my, I tend to say yes out of a, a place of guilt and Duty. Like FOMO. Yeah. I, I don't want to miss out on anything. Yeah. And, um, and yet, like, when I felt this burden for mothers, um, moms who I feel like have a hard time, in, you know, having the discussion about work and being a mom, whether they work at all or whether they, you know, don't work, mm-hmm. I think the conversation is hard. And yeah it started the podcast idea started kind of coming to the surface in my mind. And I was like, what? Like, I know that is so much work that that can't be what God wants from me that, I mean, he wouldn't tell me to do something. That's a lot of work when I'm already busy. Would he like, he would not, he would not do that. And 
the more I prayed about it, I was like, maybe he would, because it isn't about me. Like, and not not that, you know, right. Like, and, and he'll provide for, for that, the practical need of time and of, you know, whatever resources I think I'm going to be lacking in. And, and I believe that, like you said, if he calls you to it, he equips you for it. And I think we so often just get stuck in thinking so much about ourselves that we think this is all about us and right. that our lives are all about us. And ironically, they're just not. And they're just not at freeing, all. But yeah. also it's yeah, it's like a, it's one of those things that you love to know is true, but also hate to real like deal with the reality of it. Oh, for sure. I, I didn't want to be the one that he was calling to this work. I didn't want to add a, a, a 20 hour, you know, commitment of five years Mm -hmm. to to my life. And yet um, he said, listen, this is going to be all about me anyways. So the more you depend on me, the more I'm going to do in that. Mm -hmm. And the less you try to make it, you know, this is, this is not about you. So there's just such freedom in that, you know, when you are just taking the next step, take the next step to follow what God's Mm -hmm. got for you. And whether it's, it's, big or little or stepping back and a season of, you know, reprieve or whatever it may be, maybe it's caring, you know, caring for an elderly mom. That's a lot of my friends are getting into kind of the sandwich generation. Um, and that, that's an overwhelming, you know, stage as well. Mm -hmm. So you you just look at, you know, it's, it's constantly shifting, constantly changing. I guess one of, um, I can't remember if this is what you asked me in the, I got a little off course, I think, but, um, you know, something that, that I would tell a, a younger version of me or younger moms is that it's okay to not do everything 100%. It's okay to say, today, I'm 80% mom. <laughs> and, and, and I'm right. going to cluck by a little bit. And the laundry is not going to be folded as nice. And dinner is going to be macaroni and cheese. And, yeah. and today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, you know, 100% teaching leader or uh, this week guys. And I, I kind of do that. I think it's this week it's, it's a hundred percent it's musical week. So it, that I'm on and, and I, I love you, but I have to shift that, but always keep it in mind, you know, and they, they know very clearly that God is first in my life and my husband is second. And no matter how much I love them, I'm not going to love them more than my husband. And so mm-hmm. just sort of keeping that, but it's a fluid scale. Like, you know, there are certain things I always do to a hundred percent, but when I stop to think about that, I'm like, no, it's okay to also say, even the things that you love more than anything to say, Hey, I love you, but I'm not going to see you for three days. I'm stepping back and, and I'll step back in. And, you know, just having that, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with your husband, whether it's you know your kids or your, even your job. I mean, it's just okay to go. Yeah. This is just one of those weeks, you know, yeah, because something else yeah. is going to take its place. So, Letting God do that is, is um, it's a little humorous to see him fill in the gaps, you know, when, when it doesn't come from you, I guess. <laughs> right. And humbling. Cause you're like, Very oh, humbling. I guess the entire world doesn't revolve around me. I, all right. Thought it did. <laughs> right. And he doesn't need me to do his work. Yeah. <laughs> he does not need me to do his work. Yeah. Um, so speaking more specifically to the women, the woman that is working out of the home right now, whether that's, you know, where she feels called to, and that's work that she loves and feels passionate about, or whether it's a season for her family where she has to work to financially support the family, um, and be, you know, a contributor to the finances. Like what, 
what would you say that mom needs to hear more than anything right now? I mean, just from your, you've, you've been there and experienced that, um, as well as, you know, like you mentioned, staying at home and working part-time and I don't know what encouragement or just wisdom would you say after your 16 years of mothering that, that, um, was something maybe you needed to hear? Just be encouraged. But again, God's got you where he needs you and wants you, whether it's in a job where you feel a lot of contentment and fulfillment, or whether it's just paying the bills. He's got you where he wants you and can do such great things with you in that place, that he can show your family a great example of hard work and perseverance, that he can show your coworkers. And, you know, for me, it's always about students. Um, But, you know, for me, he just kept continuing to reveal different parts of teaching. You know, he, one year it would be, listen, you are giving back to young teachers and you're going to invest in them and you're going to feed their souls and you're going to encourage them. And one year it would be the parents and you're going to step in and you're going to, um, you know, be there when these parents are calling you for parenting advice. It's been a really strange year for me this year. Um, from that vantage point, um, whether it's, about coworkers or, or whatever, I, I just feel a real strong sense that in whatever stage a mom is in, if they can look at it as their just duty to, to God to be joyful in that place and to be content in that season mm-hmm. and in that place for however long God's got you. Um, my sister, who I said is also a teacher, um, when her <laughs> when her daughter was born, she was able to go and work part-time for a couple of years. And then her husband decided to go back to school and get a pharmacy degree. And it was pretty insane mm-hmm. to watch her. She became the breadwinner for four years, had to work full-time as she was having child number two and number three. And her husband did that. And what a sacrifice, what a duty. And I watched her be joyful in that work. And I'm not saying she was happy every day and all, you know, it, it wasn't sunshine and roses, but it was such, such a a gift to her husband. It was such a gift to her family to do that. And now she does get to stay home with them mm-hmm. and homeschool a little bit and, and, and serve God in different ways. And, and I just feel like he just blessed and honored that, that time with her. So it, it's been neat with my sister and my two sister-in-laws to kind of view all those different sides of work and the great purpose God has in each one of them. And that you're not less than because you've chosen, chosen to work outside of the home because you have to work outside of the home. Um, because you need to, or you just enjoy it. You know, you're not less than, but God's mm-hmm. got a great purpose in that too. Yeah. I think um, whether you work or not, I mean, it's very, it, it's just that struggle of keeping God's glory at the forefront and not ours or our families or our children's. Uh, that is paramount to everything. And um, yeah, just that he has us like, I like, that's, that's great. Great advice. I have, um, when I, so when I, I had been in the day class as, um, in BSF and I was switching back to the night class cause my daughter was going to be in first grade, which was also the year I went back to work full time and I was PTA president and, um, and I, I just, I spoke to the teaching leader at the time, um, who was talking to me about whether I was going to come back into leadership that year. And I just said, this is the first time I've worked full time in nine years. So, and, and with PTA president all the time, I said, I just, I feel like I can't do it. I, I feel like I've got to have a year off and get adjusted to this. And, you know, and then, and I knew God, God just said, don't get comfortable in that place. 
I'm giving you this year, but don't get comfortable there. And, and I didn't. And, and a year later, I'm having the same conversation with that teaching leader. But I'm going, gosh, I've got two school-age kids, and they play sports on Saturday morning. Our leader's in here Saturday morning, and I just don't know um, how that's going to work. What about 8 a.m. football games and this kind of stuff? And, and she said something to me I'll never forget, and that was um, seven years ago. And I just said, she said, if you have to be 15 or 20 minutes late to that football game, your son's going to know that Christ is on the throne. Hmm. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And of course it was convicting and very cut to my heart. And she didn't say it out of a spirit of unkindness. She knew that it's what I needed to hear. And, and she knew that that was a bit of wisdom that, that I was going to need to pass on uh, many times over. And, and I have, it, it's, it's just okay for your kids to see you choosing God. And I'm not saying forsaking your role as a, a wife and a mom over ministry, because certainly that can take the place of, of the other roles that you've got. But occasionally it's okay to say, look, God's called me to this too. Yeah. And uh, this is, he's on the throne. I love you, but not as much as I love my, my God. So <laughs> that's perfect. So what about the mom staying at home? What about to the woman who is, who is at home? And you mentioned earlier, which definitely rang true for me today as we were iced in and preschool was canceled. Um, oh, yeah. was, gosh, like I, it, it does feel like the greatest blessing that I get to stay home with them and the greatest, you know, my dreams are coming true, but at the same time, like someone saved me from my dreams. Right. <laughs> <You> right. <know? laughs> this is not all the truckers ought to be. Um, yeah, I mean, just again, I mean, it's the same, it's almost the same, same, I guess, bit of advice that I would give any mom, like be content where God's got you, you know, just, just like we say, um, or, or people say, be content with every stage that your kid is in. Don't wish away those years. Don't wish away their twos and their threes and their fours, no matter how hard they are, because some things get harder and some things get easier always in every stage. And, and that, like, know that, feel good about that, like, be encouraged that around the corner is something easier and something harder. Yeah. Like, so it's a both and always. I mean, just knowing, yes, there will be a day when you don't have to change diapers, but then they're peeing on the floor. Right. You know, so, I mean, whatever it is, I mean, you know, yes, there's a day when you don't have to drive around, drive them around anymore, but then they're driving their own car and you don't know where they are most of the time. And that's sad mm-hmm. and scary and different and a whole bunch of other stuff. And that's that kind of the world I'm in now. It's, it's like all I've ever wanted was for, you know, my son to drive. And, and then now you're like, Oh, but now he's driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess it's, it's, it's like that with every single stage um, as, as a young stay at home mom with those kids. Don't wish away those days. Enjoy them as hard as it is to, to enjoy them. Step back, laugh, you know, that, that's what I would have told myself. Just relax, enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, but not, you know, I'm a, I'm a doer and, and, and someone that likes to get stuff done and plan ahead and all that. And I took a lot of joy in planning their birthday parties and, and planning. And I took such joy in that, but don't let that take the place, all the, the duties and the things and their Valentine's parties and all that take the place of just enjoying them. Because those little voices and those, those little um, drawings, they don't last forever. You know, they just, they just poof, they disappear one day. Right. That is for sure. Um, is there a 
rubric or a a question or a couple questions that you would say a woman could ask herself um, or talk with her husband about in how to discern what is best for this season? Like, what if someone's not sure? And what if someone's like, I really, I long to work in some capacity, but I don't know if that's how I should be spending my time or if that's wrong or right for me or, you know, in my family, is there, I mean, Ah. what questions have you kind of weighed and wrestled with at those decision points where you've transitioned from one thing to the next and kind of just gotten shifted? I mean, a lot of it had to do with just what are the doors that God's got open right now? What are the opportunities that are in front of me? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. that really dictates it, right? Um, Am I keeping my hands open wide? Am I, am I holding loosely onto the things that I love? Do I desperately want to stay home and yet I need to work or do I desperately want to work and yet I need to stay home because of a situation, you know, mm-hmm. what are the things that I am holding on for dear life that I need to be holding loosely to that I need to be offering to God to see, um, just, is there willingness to change even though it's hard? Um, and so, you know, I mean, just the old making lists of the, the pros and cons, of course, that's something men really like to do. My husband really loves to do line everything out. You know, does it make sense financially either way to, to stay at home, to stay, you know, when I stayed at home, I had to be really diligent about our checkbook, about um, where I was spending money, how I could make gifts for people instead of buy them, how I could bless people. And, you know, you've got to go through all those things. Am I, was I willing to do that kind of work? Was I willing to um, do all the house cleaning, everything myself? When I came back to work, my husband said, okay, I'm going to get you a house cleaner uh, <laughs> twice a month. Bonus. And um, you know, there's some things that, that, that were lifesavers, yeah. lifesavers. I'm so grateful for her now. You know, that was something, even though I loved cleaning my house. Yeah. But it was like preserving that time on the weekend for us to be as a family mm-hmm. or to serve or to just go on a date, you know. So just laying all those things before God, you know, and looking at the personalities of your children. Is this something that my children can handle easily? Is it something they need to handle? Is it something they need to learn how to be a little more flexible? I mean, there, there's a, a myriad of things uh, with your your is your husband's job prohibitive? My, 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 my dad's a caterer. My husband is also a caterer, but my mom, when she was here, she didn't have any, um, we didn't have any other family in town. And my, my dad's job was just prohibitive. There was no way she could have worked outside the home. She volunteered a lot and was in and around us and our lives just for whatever uh, was needed and necessary in our school and our dance studio and whatever. And of course in our church and, and in BSF, but it was, not possible for her to work outside the home. So sometimes, you know, you can rule a lot of things out just looking at the reality of your situation and what's, um, what's out there. And then, then, then you just talk about, you've got to offer it to God and, and let that, um, let him sift through the sand. So my last three little short wrap ups are the three things that I ask every guest. What is your favorite secret tip for moms, it could be organizing, efficiency, general advice, whatever, you know, what, whatever is kind of your go-to uh, advice you would, you would share with your friend. Oh gosh. Always have a date night. Oh, good one. And that's different for every couple. Always have a date night. It is cheaper than counseling in the long run. People, <laughs> right. it doesn't matter how much find yourself a babysitter 
and go to dinner. So whether it's an hour or three or in the middle of the day or a lunch, whatever it is, find in your regular rhythm of your life a date night yeah. or time with your husband. I love it. I need that. Um, I need to get a babysitter on the calendar. Uh, it's been a little bit. Do it. Um, what do you do for fun? I love to read. I love to absorb myself in books. I love to hike and snow ski. Uh, our family is a big Colorado vacationers. We're getting ready to go skiing here. Uh, I love to listen to live music. I know that kind of goes with my job, but my husband and I love to listen to live music. So that's kind of, that's a part of most of our date nights mm-hmm. involves music in some that's way. Awesome. So, well, you're in a good yeah. city for it with the, the jazz scene here. Yeah. I am always. We got all kinds of music. And then what verse is giving you life right now and why? Well, I'm not going to go far from Romans because yeah. it's like every, every week there's a new verse, right? So we just, this, this week, uh, Romans 11, 33 through 36 is like the doxology of chapter 11 and his talking about his plan of salvation for the world. And here he is just saying, Paul's just breaking into praise. To God and it's it's the bigness and the sovereignty of my God and the majesty of all that He has. There's such rest in that when He says, "Oh, the depth, the riches, and the knowledge and the wisdom of God." You know how unsearchable are His judgments and unscrutable are His ways. There's such beauty in that because I am never going to be big enough, or strong enough, or talented enough, or hardworking enough to match the wisdom and knowledge of God's ways. So I can rest. My striving can cease when I realize that. And that I've always loved any passage which sort of focuses on the bigness of God because it reminds me of how unbig I am and um, and how much I need to depend on Him. Well, Emily, thank you so much for your time and I really appreciate you just yes. sharing your um, your wisdom with me and all the listeners. So... Um, it's been fun talking with you. Thank you so much, Haley. I love seeing what you're doing. I love your heart for new moms and growing moms and all the kinds of moms. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, thanks. Thank you. Okay, well, have a good night. Thanks, you too. Okay, bye. bye. I really enjoyed talking with Emily and just hearing what it's like kind of on the other side of these little years and all the transitions and changes that we are going through as our kids are growing and changing and their seasons of life are shifting. Ours are too. And I think it's helpful just to know other people's stories than your own to expand your understanding of what your options are, what life can look like, and realizing that there isn't just one right answer here. There's not a, a, you know, black and white, here's what's best for everybody to do. And I I love, that's one reason that I love knowing other women's stories, because it it frees me from the legalism of my tendencies to want to say, well, what's the right way? What's the wrong way? But on the other hand, if you listen to that conversation and you feel like it didn't answer all your questions and it didn't give you you know, what you were looking for in terms of a black and white or a more definitive answer to the questions that you have around work and your motherhood and what the intersection needs to look like right now. Um, I would say, first of all, consider what you're looking for in these conversations. If you're coming to them looking to be told what to do or what is right for you, you won't find that. 
But if you're looking for a place to examine your heart in regards to both your conceptions and beliefs about your work and your motherhood, I think you'll find that is the heart behind this. That's what I'm committed to. My intention with this podcast is not to give right answers to the hard questions, but to ask hard questions of our right answers. So whatever we have made our answer to the question mark of our motherhood and our work, we need to hold that up to the light, to the truth, to the gospel. I have an illustration that I think may be helpful. Back in the olden days, when farmers were collecting eggs from their chicken coops, in order to make sure that a chick wasn't growing inside an egg before they ate it and brought it into the house for breakfast, they would hold that egg up to a light bulb. And this was called candling the eggs. So they would put the egg in front of the light bulb and the light would shine through. And then they could see through the egg to see if there was a little, you know, skeletal structure of a chick growing inside that egg. And if not, then it was good to be eaten. And if so, then I guess they'd just let it hatch into a chicken. But that's how I think of what we're doing here. We're holding our tightly held beliefs, presuppositions, tendencies, and comfort zones, and even our idols up to the light bulb of the gospel to see what's inside, to see if there is life there or if what's inside the shell is actually harmful for us. So first of all, to consider what you're looking for in these conversations. But second of all, if you do have a specific question you'd like to see addressed on the show or a specific type of guest you'd like me to interview, please throw it my way and I'll see what I can do. If you want to recommend a guest for me that you want to hear from, first of all, tell them about the show. And then second of all, let me know about them. You can email me at Haley at kindledpodcast.com. My name is spelled H-A-L-E-Y at kindledpodcast.com. And I just want to ask if you are enjoying these episodes, if you will go to iTunes and leave a review. Um, If you don't listen through iTunes, you can still go on to iTunes online and leave a review on the podcast. You can find the link to do that at kindledpodcast.com and then click the iTunes link on the homepage. Or if you want to follow me on Instagram, the link is in my profile. And so that link will take you right to the the page of the podcast on iTunes. You can leave some words there, hopefully kind words. And you guys know the spiel. You know how it works. It helps people find us. So you should do it. And I will talk to you guys next week when we hear from Lauren Golden And Lauren is going to share how she started her own business as a virtual assistant and how she now helps other moms build their own businesses. So for all of you looking for some real meat and potatoes, what could I do? Or I just feel like I don't have the skills to do my own thing. Just hang tight and tune in next week. You're going to want to hear this interview with Lauren. Look forward to that. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.